Hello everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. This show is brought to you by Navman. Now maybe you gave or received a navigation unit, hopefully it was from Navman. I'm talking about the Cruise 650. Now if you gave one of these away for Christmas, really nice gift for starters, but something you can continue to remind them about is free map updates every month. So if there's a new suburb that's popped up, boom, you can download the update and receive all that mapping very quickly as well. The other thing to let people know about as well is that this product won't get out of date. What I mean by that is if, for example, they don't need to use it for navigation at the time, they can still use it for speed limit alerts. They can still use it to get to different destinations for parking or for fuel search as well. And if they're traveling overseas, including New Zealand, they'll have map coverage there as well. So do remind them about these things. You've given a gift. It's not just for navigation from A to B. There is so much more that's built into this, including, and I mentioned this was the last one, Bluetooth hands-free. Now with all the new laws that's changed in Australia, having hands-free, even built into the navigation unit is a huge advantage. So do make use of all the extra features in the Navman beyond navigation. All right, now recording this straight after Christmas, I wanted to tell you about a bottle that I did open before things really kicked off. For me, it's the palate cleanser. This was the Zontes Bole Felice. It's a Prosecco. Uh, now, it sounds very fancy and very vibrant and things like that. This was the alternative to a bottle of champagne. Now, from Cellar Masters, we're talking about 20 bucks. So again, very different price point to a bottle of champagne as well. Uh, this is from the Floreal Peninsula, just down in South Australia. That's probably one of the reasons why it is much cheaper. Uh, but I will tell you this, it's extremely fruit-driven, so it's nothing actually like uh, champagne being quite dry. This was a lovely, lovely beverage for people who just wanted something to start the night with, a little bit fresh, a little bit zingy, and uh, I, I honestly loved it. I could have kept going with this even as the food started to roll out, but we did move on to red wines after that. So do check it out from Cellar Masters if you're interested in something a little bit different to start the night with, uh, especially with New Year's Eve rolling up. This is an interesting one. It's a Prosecco from Cellar Masters. Now, firstly, look, I hope everyone did have an amazing Christmas. I hope you've all been getting into the Boxing Day sales. I've got a little bit to talk about with that during the show as well. Uh, but to start off, we know that CES is around the corner, and one of the things that we've seen already is some early announcements. Now, surprisingly, LG is firing off a little bit early as well. They've announced a monitor. Now, this is a monitor that's very similar, if you've seen it, to the Samsung Space monitor. Now, what that means is they're starting to realize that a lot of people have got desks that are sitting in open plan style offices where you're maybe facing another desk or you're just facing the ether where there's just a desk in front of you. And when you place a monitor on that desk, you're actually taking up a lot of space on, on the desk base itself. So what they do is they give you this monitor that sits on almost an arm that clamps onto the end of the desk or the front of the desk, however you want to look at it, and then it can face you. Now, when Samsung did this last year, uh, it was one that could sort of pan and tilt and things like that. LG is going to be announcing one at CES. It's called the Ergo Display, 32-inch 4K display, uh, but it's also beyond just being up to pivot and things like that. It's almost got a ball joint that can really rotate in any angle, any direction that you do think you would like. And I think this is a really cool thing, provided you've got the desk for it. Now, when I was setting up my little office here, um, I did look at the Samsung Space Monitor, but the reality is, is that my desk is built into the wall. It's almost like a nook. And as a result, I didn't have a, a way to even mount it. So it is for a specific environment. And you have to think about the desk space that you've got. 
I know that even my desk at the office of the place I work at Monday to Friday, uh, this wouldn't work there either because it's almost a cubicle that doesn't have somewhere to actually put a clamp like this. So I love the idea. I love that it frees up all this extra space in front of you, especially as some desks can be quite small. Uh, a really nice thing and gosh, a 32 inch 4K. I can't wait to see this thing in the flesh. I know it's not going to be cheap when it does come to Australia for sure, but you know, if you're in the market for a monitor, obviously CES there'll be a ton announced and this might be one worth waiting for. Now in saying that, LG did not stop there. They made another announcement a little bit early as well. Now this one is a little bit different because in this sense, they're looking into the kitchen and they're looking at appliances. So most people, fridge, freezer, what if we added a third thing? And what if it was an indoor vegetable cultivator? Now that sounds a little bit freaky on its own, but what LG is talking about here is a small appliance that you can have. It's as tall as a fridge, uh, but it's got small bays inside it where you would plant things, potentially you know, herbs and things like that, where you would have a quick and easy way of getting to them. Now the idea would be that you would have this perfect air circulation, you'd have this, this water management within the appliance as well, so that you can plant your seeds and go from, you know, what, what would you call it? What used to be plate to farm or farm to plate? Yeah, farm to plate, that makes more sense. So farm to plate, in this sense, we're now going to be talking about your indoor garden appliance to plate. It's, it's crazy. I think for here, we're talking about countries that aren't Australia. We have, you know, got a lot of green space. A lot of people can have their own herb gardens. I'm looking here at apartments, thinking about Korea itself, where LG is obviously based. This may have a real application where you've got people who can't have a garden because they're all in high rises and this is their chance to actually have a green thumb inside their kitchen. It's crazy. Uh, LG has been very clear in this announcement that it may not actually even come to Australia. It's not confirmed or anything like that. Uh, they're just advising that this product will be announced at CES. I'm looking at pictures of it. It's extremely cool. Um, it's called the LG Indoor Garden and when you've got this what looks like a fridge door. Uh, it's a clear panel. There's about six different gaps or bays, and you can see they've got these little plants sprouting in there as well. It's quite amazing. Next to that, they've actually got a wine fridge, which I love the idea of, and then next to that is the main fridge door. So it's kind of cool. Would I spend even a hundred bucks on an appliance like this? Probably not, because who the hell? Yeah, it's. I, I don't think it has the appeal for Australia. I mean, I'm not going to harp on about this as if it's not coming to Australia anyway, but. I mean, LG is really doing some different stuff and I do love this. And this is why I love CES. We're always going to be talking about some crazy stuff that we haven't actually thought of. And that's why I love it. So this is just the beginning, guys. In, in over a week's time, you're going to hear me talk about even crazier things. Um, I've actually signed a bunch of paperwork about stuff which I cannot talk to talk about, uh, but I'm, I am hearing about early and that's really exciting. It gets me very excited and you'll be reading about it in one of the publications that I will be uh, writing this about as well as on this podcast as well. Now, a couple more news stories to get started with. Now, with Boxing Day comes the Boxing Day sales. Now, if you're somebody who is in the market for a new TV and you've been holding out for Boxing Day, congratulations, you're in an amazing time to buy a television. And I'll tell you that straight up, I'm looking at sales from um, you know, Bing Lee, Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi. Essentially, if you're not saving at least 500 bucks on a decent sized television, then you're not looking at the right one. Uh, I've, I've seen Samsung 65 inch televisions today for less than $1,000. And to me, that speaks huge value. Obviously knowing that next month at CES, we'll hear you know, your Samsungs and LGs and so on. And now 
launch their whole new product line, which usually hits stores around March. So you are getting into that period where TVs will start to get discounted, and Boxing Day is always just a great time to haggle and push further down, obviously leading into the new year as well. Now, Aldi has also decided to have a special buy. Now, special buys come and go every week. Uh, they sometimes bring televisions into the mix. This time it's a 75-inch 4K uh, smart TV with HDR, which is a nice thing that they've added there. Uh, under $1,000 at $9.99. I think that's an impeccable price for a 75-inch television. Now, people will say, well, what's the brand? It's an Aldi brand. Well, it is. It's, it's a German company called Born, B-A-U-H-N. And yes, you'd have concerns around that. I, I certainly would. Now, the things to pay attention to whenever you're looking at a television is yeah, okay, size is important, I get that. I think size is an important thing to look at. Uh, have a look at the apps and the smart TV functions that it has. Uh, this one from Aldi, for example, has got Netflix on board, it has got YouTube on board, fantastic. Will it have Stan? Maybe not. Uh, will it have local Australian style apps? Probably not. Will it have like your free view apps like Nine Now? I don't think so. However, what you can actually start to understand here is what you're actually getting for the money. You're getting a pretty good panel. You're getting a pretty good panel at a huge size. So if you are after bank for your buck, I think this is the one you would go for. However, as I just mentioned, at Samsung selling a 65-inch TV for less than a thousand bucks, and they did have a 75-inch for a little bit over a thousand, you have to start asking yourself where you're really going to invest your money in. A thousand dollars isn't something to just fart into the wind. Um, I think if it was me and I had a thousand dollars to spend on a TV, yeah, I'd sacrifice the 10 inches and get quality over over size. I think that's just the important thing to do. Now, I'll also tell you, go ahead and buy a TV, but please bundle, haggle, whatever you have to do to add a soundbar as well. Again, soundbars are being heavily discounted. I'm, I'm even looking on Amazon today and I'm seeing for two, $300, you can get a Sony uh, or LG soundbar and they do have impeccable performance uh, at that price. A heck of a lot better than you'll get out of the TV speakers anyway. The Aldi one, for example, I'm looking at it right now, two 8-watt speakers built into this thing. So it's not going to sound very good, even if the image is as big as your wall, uh, your, your experience will be lost without at least a good soundbar. So do consider that. Um, add it on. You, well, what I'll also tell you, if you're going to get the Aldi one, add on the $200 Apple TV or a Chromecast or something so you do get the best type of smart TV interface that you could expect. Uh, I just don't think you're going to get it with, with the Aldi model. So yes, you're buying a panel. You then kind of have to bolt in a lot of the other things that are there. And I think that's where you'll probably start to see the cost actually creep away from you. So don't just look at the, at the headline, actually start to look into the numbers. Uh, the problem with the Aldi TVs as well generally is that you can't experience them in a store. You generally walk in, they're all in boxes and they're expecting you to just put it on a trolley and walk out with it. Yes, you can return it. You've always got a one-year warranty as well. Again, not a huge warranty. Um, so do pay more attention to the details. Actually do your research, have a look at price comparison websites um, and shop around because say for example, that Samsung TV, it's being sold in multiple retailers. You really have to pay attention to who's doing the biggest discounts then walk into that store and then push and then push and then push and make sure you get the best deal you can because it's your money. It's your money, guys. Now, two things I want to talk about today. We're going to talk about beach and what technologies you would take to the beach and then New Year's Eve. I know a lot of you people share really crappy photos on New Year's Eve. We're all trying to capture those fireworks. I want to try and help you take better photos on New Year's Eve. 
Now I did spend a few days away at the beach over the last week and uh, you know, it was nice. It was actually a really nice thing to just get away from the, from everything. I didn't even do my radio spot on Saturday. I just let go and uh, and spent some time away with the family. It was really, really nice. And while I was sitting there actually just on the sand, uh, a couple of things occurred to me around tech. You know, how am I enjoying my experience or how am I elevating my experience with technology? And, and it's amazing when you start to look around, you realize some of the things that you do that maybe others could get some value from. And I thought I'd add it to the show this week. Now, first thing I wanted to talk about was a UV sensor. Now, anyone who's out there and you've got kids and you're conscious of them getting sunburnt and things like that, there is a small product, which actually I can only find in an Apple store. I can't see it elsewhere. Uh, it's called the La Roche Pousset. I'm going to spell it for you because it sounds strange. L-A-R-O-C-H-E hyphen P-O-S-A-Y. Uh, La Roche Pousset. I'm going to say that. Uh, it's a my, to my skin tracker. Now, the idea here is it's a very small thing. It looks like a paper clip with a little bit of a gem on the end of it. And that sensor does change colors to actually indicate the UV level, but it also sends that data back to your smartphone. It doesn't require a battery or anything like that. So it does give you alerts when UV is high, and you can also track your UV exposure throughout the day as well. It's kind of cool. What I will tell you to do as well as a free thing is actually to download the, the SunSmart app onto your phone. You can get really good alerts as to where you are and what's what the temperature will be, what the UV levels are like as well. A nice way of just keeping keeping attention with what you should be doing with sun cream. Now, the other thing, music. I think music is one of the most important things if you're out having a day at the beach. Maybe you're playing games, whatever you're doing, building sandcastles. Put some tunes on, especially if you've got the beach to yourself. Now, for me, the UE Boom is one of my favorites when it comes to the beach. It's one of the one of those Bluetooth speakers that just doesn't seem to die. The battery life tends to be universal or forever. Um, I can literally pull it out of the cupboard today after not using it for months and just know it will turn on. I can rinse it under the tap. I can throw it around at the beach if I can't find a tennis ball. It, and it sounds fantastic. It's got huge buttons for the volume up and down, meaning it's very simple to use as well. Yes, it's Bluetooth. It's not a Wi-Fi speaker. Um, there is a version that actually has Wi-Fi built in, and then you can use Alexa on it. But I'm not going to suggest that because I think it's a bit too complicated for just a day at the beach. Um, the UE Boom, the base model, does a stunning job, and it's around 140 bucks as well. Comes in different colors if you're into, if you're into that. Mine's just red. It's a simple thing. But the battery life, seriously, it feels like it's forever. You could easily do a whole day at the beach and go home and still be ready to go the next day as well. Now, if you want music to be a bit more personal and, you know, you go to Bondi Beach, it's packed with people. If you took the UE Boom there, you'll get bashed. But if you took a pair of the Bose frames, you're going to get sun protection as well as music for yourself. Now, you could just be laying on the towel with your sunnies on, looking around and actually listening to this podcast, other people's podcasts, or, or even music as well. And I think the Bose frames actually look kind of good. They're almost modeled off Ray-Bans, those, those Wayfarers. Uh, they, they come in black. They, they fire audio from the frames into your ears. If it's turned up really loud, then the person laying next to you will probably hear it as well. Um, but that's probably not a huge issue. If they're listening to this podcast, you can share it and enjoy it. Uh, but I will tell you that the sun, the actual frames themselves or the lenses, uh, they're not incredible. They're not uh, they're not polarized. I don't think they've actually got a particular cancer council rating or anything like that. So do be cautious of that. But if you want music just for yourself in this summer, the Bose frames are really, really cool. And they're around a $250 mark. So something worth looking at as well. Now, for me, I love a coffee. And if you're at the beach, it can be hard to find a coffee shop, especially if you're just in your shorts, you've just been for a swim. You know, dripping into a coffee shop isn't always ideal. 
Wakako, W-A-C-A-C-O. Now I put this on uh, Studio 10 a couple of times actually uh, to demonstrate. It takes Nespresso pods, guys. So you get this, what looks like a cylinder. It's about the size of a UE Boom actually. And on one end, you can pour hot water in. So maybe you've got a thermos which you're keeping some hot water in. Pour some hot water into the top. And then in the bottom, you insert the Nespresso pod. It sounds complicated, but trust me, it's not. And then you just place the cup underneath this tube thing and you just push and it's like pumping out the water through the tube into the Nespresso pod and then it's actually extracting the coffee for you. It works really, really well and it's very cheap. It's about 50 bucks for the Wakako and uh, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. It's very simple to use. I'm just warning you to use a thermos because you can transport it with the water inside it, but it doesn't have very good heat shielding. So it's not actually going to keep that water hot for long. So do bear that in mind if you're looking at using this. Um, you're either pouring the hot water in and using it straight away, or you're going to have a cold brew coffee. And that's to me not the most enjoyable. Maybe it is for the summer. Now, with all these things, your smartphone is always going to be front and center, whether it's you, whether you're reading on the device, taking pictures on the device, whatever it is. First of all, please make sure you've got a case on this thing. Even better if it's, if it's a waterproof case, even better if it seals all of the holes. Maybe you've got the headphone jack exposed or the charging port exposed. Those cases that actually seal everything up is a fantastic thing. But what if your phone starts to die? Well, you can take those portable batteries and a lot of people do carry those now. It seems to be one of those accessories that someone always has in their bag. But you can actually also get ones that have a solar panel built into the battery itself. So you've got these portable batteries. Um, you know, they're about the size of an A, what's the small um, pad, A5, the A5 notepad sort of thing. But it's also got a solar panel on top. And that means that you could just leave it out in the sun. It will recharge itself so that when you're out, when you're looking to charge your phone, it's there and ready. If, you're, if your UE Boom, for example, dies, you could charge it off this battery as well. These are the things that I just love. When you consider solar, yes, maybe not everyone has it on their roof, but if you have it on a portable battery and you're spending a lot of time in the sun, this is just a great way to recover some energy so that you can use it when you're running low as well. So stay safe, swim between the flags, all that jazz. Uh, for me, it was more about fishing, but uh, you know, a lot of people do like to go and have a bit of a swim as well. Uh, that's some tech things from me. Again, try not to get everything wet. Yes, you can get some of them wet. If you've got a GoPro, I think they're also amazing, but uh, just a few tips for your trip to the beach. Next, New Year's Eve, guys. It's here, the end of 2019. All right, look, I cannot believe it's the end of 2019 already. And hopefully you're listening to the show just before New Year's Eve. And if you are going to be anywhere near some fireworks, I want to give you a couple of tips before you pull your smartphone out and go to take photos. Because let's face it, no one's actually using a real camera to capture these moments anymore. It's all about the phone that's in or the camera that's in your pocket, which is generally your smartphone. Now, first and foremost, everybody, turn off the flash. Please turn off the flash. You cannot light up the sky. So just turn the flash off. Make sure that's set, first of all. Learn how to manually adjust camera settings. Now, not every default camera app in your smartphone allows you to do that, but you're going to want to have a lower ISO and a longer exposure time. So if you don't see ISO in your camera app already, then you may need to start looking at downloading other ones. I'll give you options for doing that. But if you can get a bit of pre-work done into just checking those things, I know that some Samsung smartphones allow you to adjust ISO as well as exposure. Um, iPhone, we've got, a, we've got a couple of different solutions for you as well. And the other thing is practice. I think practice is most important. Don't think you're gonna take one photo and it's going to be the one and you can then move on. The other thing, I know you're gonna hate me saying this, but a tripod. 
I think if you can carry a tripod with you, your results will be a thousand times better. It doesn't matter how steady you think your hand is, um, a tripod is more steady, okay? Now, I, for me, I've got pretty shaky hands when it comes to photography and, and a tripod really does make a huge difference. And I'm going to tell you how to actually take the photos without even touching the phone while it's sitting in the tripod as well. Now, the other thing that some people do ask me or tell me as well is, you know, while I will, I will always tell people that position is extremely important when it comes to taking photos like this, uh, some will say, well, I can just crop it or I can just digitally zoom. I can just pinch and zoom in my camera app and uh, boom, I'm closer. Well, let me tell you that if you digitally zoom, you're not getting a better result. You're not. You're actually going to probably get a worse result because what you're actually doing is just cropping a large image and making it smaller and actually quite uglier. And you know, if you're going from, say, a 12 megapixel camera, the more you digitally zoom, you may end up getting like a three megapixel image because you've literally cropped out the rest of it. So no, digital zoom does not make a difference. Please do not go and pinch to zoom on your phone. You can always crop it later if you really need to. Now, I did say talk about exposure and ISO. So what you're going to want to have, if you can adjust these things, extremely important, about four seconds of exposure and an ISO setting of around 100 or 200. That's super, super low. Um, these are only settings that you would take at nighttime for fireworks. This isn't for you know your daytime photography, so only using this for firework moment, your midnight or your 9 p.m. fireworks. If you've got an iPhone, check out some of these apps. Now, Pro Camera, Manual, and Halide, H-A-L-I-D-E. Yes, you need to pay for these apps, but they will make a huge difference. If we're talking about New Year's Eve here, you need it to work perfectly and you hopefully want, don't want to spend the whole time that the fireworks are on taking pictures. So do check out these apps. They do allow that sh slow shutter feature. Um, if you're on Android and you don't have um, these settings already in your default camera app, uh, Open Camera is one that you can check out. It's actually free. And there's another one. I'll, I'll just spell it for you. It's F-O-O-T-E-J. Um, I don't know how you pronounce that, but it's three bucks. And that's another one that will actually allow you to do some pretty cool things with it as well. Now, I did say putting in a tripod and you can just get like a Joby Gorillapod, which actually wraps around trees or whatever you need it to stand on. You don't have to take those huge, um, you know, the massive photographer style ones. It can be a lot smaller. They can only cost you around 30 bucks as well. It doesn't have to be expensive. Now, you can get Bluetooth remotes, which actually will help fire off the shutter um, on your camera. Or I've noticed that you can actually just plug your headphones into the jack and your call answer button becomes a shutter as well. So if you've got a pair of Apple um, earpods, plug them in and open the camera app and you'll find that while the camera is open, if you're clicking, it will actually start clicking the photo. Same thing with most Android phones. Um, the call answer button generally will fire off the shutter. So have that plugged in, put it in the tripod, and by pushing that button, you'll actually be taking photos completely still without knocking the knocking the phone because when it's doing a four-second exposure, any movement will just look, it will just break the image, basically. It'll be terrible photos. So consider doing that or getting a Bluetooth remote so you can just keep triggering away without even doing that. The other thing I'll suggest doing, and if you've got an iPhone, it's something you can you can check out right now, uh, live photos. So live photo is an amazing way to capture uh, images before you clicked and after you clicked. And 
It's fantastic also for moments when you're trying to capture photos of kids when maybe they smiled and you missed it. Live photo allows you to actually adjust to find that moment. And you'll probably find the same thing with fireworks that you might click the button and you might have been too soon or too late and you've missed that real moment. With live photos, and this is, sorry, this is separate to this whole long exposure thing. Just live photos on its own um, is fantastic for just trying to find that moment that you may have missed. And lastly, video. Now, it sounds crazy to say it, but one of the most basic, simple ways is that if your camera can record maybe 4K video, which a lot of smartphones can do these days, um, if you're just pressing record and watching the fireworks, later on, just scrub back and you'll find some moments where it actually looks really, really good. And you can just hold it there. Some will actually allow you to take a still directly from a video and others you can just actually take a screenshot and you've got something that you could then post on socials or Instagram, whatever you like. The other alternative is with a video, you can then maybe crop both ends of it. So you're capturing just that big firework moment and you can just make a, a small GIF out of it or you can make a very short video, maybe three or four seconds, which you can use to share as well. And that will just loop on social media, which still looks quite cool. The other thing you can do is enjoy the fireworks, keep your phone in your pocket and then go online and all the professional photographers, all the really good photographers will be sharing their photos as well. You were there. Kind of, kind of counts. You could probably use the image. Yes, you probably should tag them and say that that's where you got the photo from. Yes, you should completely give credit where it's due. But if it saves you from holding your phone while you could potentially be, you know, wishing people Happy New Year and having a really good time, then who cares? Post the damn thing on Instagram, have it from somebody else, give them credit, and you're doing it at two o'clock in the morning and you haven't had to sweat it, break a sweat at all. It's just a simple thing. I don't know. Look, from, from my perspective, I'll probably be in bed before midnight. I'm old. I feel really old. Um, but honestly, I, I just think it's important because I know that every time I scroll through Instagram on New Year's Eve or New Year's morning, whatever it is, I just look at so much crap. Uh, look, it's the same thing with people who film concerts on their phone and just add it to their stories as if I've never heard the song or understood that they're at the concert. I don't get it. I mean, I, I'll never understand why people decide to share long-winded bits of people of the concert that they're at. Take a photo, check in. I don't care. Do your thing. But I know you're there. I've heard the song. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. I'm not going to download that clip and be like, oh man, you, you shot a documentary there. You really shot a music video for me and I'm, uh, I'm going to save it. I'm going to put it on my iPad and watch it on long distance flights because I want to see that concert from your perspective as much as possible. No, no one cares. So ladies and gentlemen, that has been 2019 wrapped up. Uh, the next time I record, it will be 2020. 2020. I hope that you guys are as excited as I am for 2020. I, uh, I've been pretty damn busy just preparing for CES and getting things going there. Um, and I can't wait. The next time I talk to you will be 2020. Just before I fly to Las Vegas, I fly out on the 4th of January. So we are talking about some pretty tight timelines. Uh, for everything else, you'll find me on social media at G Quattromani on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And you'll also hear me on you know, radio stations and wherever else you'll hopefully see me pop up. In the meantime, otherwise, Happy New Year. Happy snapping. Stay safe at the beach. I hope this has been in a different type of podcast, a couple of different topics, and I'll speak to you guys next week. Have an amazing rest of the 2019. Bye-bye.